cool babies. See, that's that's the picture he's on a bit. I know, it's stunning. It's uh, sassy, is what that is. It is sassy. Brimming with sass. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, darling? I've I've had concerns with microphones and things that don't plug in and do and stuff. So as long as you can hear me, that's fine. (laughs) No, your your concerns are unfounded, so you sound fine. Yeah. I've already mentioned once that we uh, I, we were broadcasting for like seven full minutes with no sound right yeah. at the start of this. So um, I think anyone who comes on and does anything sensible is better than we are already. <laughs> that's, that's like a win in our, in our yeah. It's like yeah. we can hear everything that's happening. Thumbs up. Just answer it. It's better than last time when it was on. I'm going to trace about last time it was literally as you were Skyping me. <laughs> my internet went out completely. Just cut I, off. I did it. Yeah. Panic. Oh shit! I'm just coming up on. I think the worst part was as well. I think you were on a bit later in the day oh, yeah, last it was kind time. Of like ten o'clock. What half ten? Yeah. So it was just getting to that point where me and Jenny were starting to flag a bit. Right. And so we were like, "What are we going to do if he if he doesn't come back? I can't talk to you. I've gone mad. Help." <laughs> yeah, riff, riff. I can't. I don't know what. what. I've got no capacity to riff. What? <laughs> it's all very dramatic. I'm not Eddie Murphy. I can't just just <laughs> say funny shit. Uh, I really do need improv classes. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we all need improv. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, man. If I ever do it again, and that's a really big if. <laughs> Although I said I wouldn't do it again after yeah. last time. So did yeah. you? God, yeah, she swore. <laughs> I did. I, um, if I'd I, known that, I, I would have just said no, I, I and then eventually you would have just not done it. See, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, this is the thing that nobody knows about, is as soon as I stopped broadcasting last time, I burst into tears and then ate a lemon cupcake whilst crying. <laughs> I planned to do that, I but like, I, I planned to cry into I planned to cry into a bargain bucket from KFC. <laughs> oh my god! Don't even say the words KFC when I, right when now I get home. I could be. I'd be like, I was so, I was so rubbish. And Sue would be like, "No, you were all right. I wasn't. I was rubbish. Hand me another chicken. <laughs> another whole chicken. He's just tearing down on a whole chicken. <laughs> where's, where's, where's my coleslaw? I haven't even got any coleslaw. My life is ended. So yeah, only listen to a little bit. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. listen to the whole twenty-four hours. So yeah, <laughs> a bit where we're being really classy. That, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. That that's what I'm. Does that's such what I'm a hoping. bit even exist? <laughs> I know. What of us being classy? No. Yeah. It's, 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 no. I turned on the, I turned on the morning. The first thing that Stacey said was something about having shit. So it's kind of set up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. literally there was only one way it was going to go after that. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, I think my uh, approach to podcasting is epitomised by the recent interview I did with Kevin Eastman, in which uh, the first thing I did was told him I'd just had the shits because I was nervous. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> he seemed to appreciate my honesty. <laughs> well, there was nothing else he could do, really, was there? No, no. Bless him, he humoured me. <laughs> Oh, 
Well, the thing is, people keep saying to me, you know, they're, they're just normal people, just like you. Like, don't be, don't be daunted. And I'm like, well, a, I'm daunted by all people, so that's not very helpful. <laughs> that's a, yeah. Um, but also, b, like, it's Kevin Eastman, so don't try telling me this is a normal person. And c, if you tell me it's a normal person, I'm going to treat them like a normal person and tell them I've just shit myself. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Treat them from a, treat them as if they're from another planet, and you're making first contact. Oh dear! Yeah, that's that's, that I would be that no, no, it's do not. Do not really. nominate me for that job if there's if ever aliens no. land and they're like, oh god, we need an ambassador. Don't make it me. <laughs> that's a mistake. It's how wars start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just go up and I'm like, oh my god, you're really freaky looking. Yeah. I mean, hi. <laughs> well, we've already we've already talked earlier about how we we both don't like ET um, and oh, probably like oh, pissed oh, off our kid in there because well, we, the, the reason we don't like ET is for different reasons. My reason is because he looks like a giant turd with eyes and talks and what's I, there's nothing cute in there. I don't no, get it. Um, and uh, and he terrifies. Stace. Yeah, like legit terrifies me, like yeah. nightmares style. Like I once, um, I've told this story on the podcast before, and I'm sure people who regularly listen are really sick of it. But I once was in the house by myself when I still lived at home, like with my nan, granddad, and mum. They'd gone out to a party, and I was watching an episode of Family Guy, right. and there was a throwaway joke where they're talking about, like. I don't know, someone was going to come and find out that they were keeping E.T. in the basement. And Chris just opens the door and E.T. runs out, making that like high-pitched squealing noise he makes. I immediately turned the episode off and wouldn't leave the living room until my family came home <laughs> because I was like, he's going to be in the hallway and he's going to eat my face. So like I was Somewhere terrified. in YouTube, someone's recut the E.T. trailer and made it like a horror film. You like what they did with Mary Poppins? Oh, Jesus. There's a YouTube video of Mary Poppins where they've recut it to make it look like a horror film. It's no. awesome. There is no way I could watch an E.T. one of those because it's already a horror movie to me. Yeah. yeah. He stalks kids and lives in their wardrobes. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it's how, how Mary Poppins got out of that whole setup about getting burnt at the stake because she's quite clearly a witch. Yeah. You've got your witch looking after your kids and stuff and doing spells. I don't think they would do anything to that. Well, they could have made <laughs> so they an were exception. just letting them look after their kids. I would have made an exception. <laughs> so, and the thing is as well, she's taking the kids out and with like some strange, like, sweet dude with a bad Cockney accent. And they're going dancing and he's dancing with like that, that song that he sings. Yo bamboo, yo bamboo, little yo bamboo. Yeah, a bit where they're all, there, there is, don't the look, at like don't <laughs> look at me like that. Don't look at me like that. There is, there is, there's a, there's a dance scene where it's thick Oh no, song. that might be Chick Chick Bam Bam. I was going to say, I don't remember that one. Maybe I remember Chichi the, Bam. I remember the one with. Yeah, that's Chim Chim, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, uh, it could be Chick Chick Bam Bam. And then there's the, then there's the bit where they, which, it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, isn't it, where they do a big old song and dance? Oh, yeah, with the pearly kings and queens. Yeah. 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 That even... film's fucking weird, man. It is weird. <laughs> but I still say, like, what I thought was really weird, Chitty Chitty Bam Bang, I actually think is a really good pulp adventure film. I've not seen it. Right? Of course I haven't. Chitty Chitty Bam Bang. <laughs> haven't... You have seen it, haven't you? No, I haven't. What? Chitty Chitty Bam Bam, no. <gasps> I've seen the bit with the, uh, the old guy and the woman singing about teddy bears or some shit. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That is creepy, yeah. that bit. I mean, it's a creepy film. And I have to say, in 
I find that a lot of films with kids, the kids are quite stupid, <laughs> right? And I like to think that as a kid, I've already said earlier that I was quite a stupid kid, but even I had more common sense than I don't most know, kids. I went ones. after a werewolf man on a council estate. <laughs> no, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know if you could be throwing stones, me. Yeah, no, no. There's a difference between stupid and brave, okay? I was trying to do a public service. I was trying to help people. No one, no one called, no one called Buffy stupid. No, oh, she's a bit stupid, isn't she? Going after vampires. You know, it's just what. Yeah, she was so I can't. She was chosen. Just going to look for fucking werewolves. Yeah, but then if my mum turns around and says you're a chosen one, I'll go out and hunt werewolves. Is that okay then? Yeah. Okay, cool. She didn't. She She's didn't say that. To be and ask. She, Did you she, no, uh, that that would be tough to be honest with. But, but um, uh, yeah. But with um, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, going back to the stupid kid analogy. So the child catcher, yeah, child catcher you haven't seen. Chichi I'm aware years, of the child catcher. He's right. terrifying. So, so these two kids, they leave these two kids. They say, right, stay in the house. Don't come out for no matter what. Don't come out, right? So they go, oh, we'll send the child catcher after it. I'm doing it after them, not it. Um, so the child catcher comes out in the like it's like an ice cream van, effectively, yeah. right? And he's like, nice. And when you see this guy, this is the fucking scariest guy you could imagine. See, he looks like a cross between Richard III and like Blackadder, all hunched over with like a big nose. He's like Dick Darcy. <laughs> I don't know why I've done that. But he's, he's but he's got his, his nice hat on. When he oh, yeah, he's got, yes, he's, oh, he's got a fancy yeah. hat. Let's go with him. He looks like a catcher with a nice hat. He looks. He, <laughs> In, seriously, when people say to me, right, and I know like paedophiles come in all shapes and sizes, but when people say to me paedophile, my instant reaction is like, is child catcher, child catcher, chitty chit, bam, it just looks yeah. like. It so this guy is there selling the ice creams, and he's literally skipping around, going ice creams. He wants to get my ice creams, and like, oh, we wouldn't mind some ice creams. Look at the fucking dude, <laughs> right? I love ice creams. As a, I love ice creams, but that's like. The equivalent to that, and it's not—it's—it's it's me being slightly stereotypical, but I can't help it. I like chicken. Yes, I am black, and I like chicken. Right? Like, like, deal with it. You know what I mean? Just deal with it. Right? But it's like the equivalent of like me and Dave hiding in some house, and people go, "Don't whatever happens, don't come out." And there's some kind of like KFC like truck driving past, some scary looking dude going. <laughs> KFC bargain bucket. Anyone want some? Even I'm going to be like, Dave, don't go out there. That dude's dodgy. We can't go out there. He's going to put a finger on He's going to, you know, no, he's going to take us back because they had to get him to take him back to the king. He's going to take us back to the evil king. We can't go outside. That KFC bargain bucket is wrong. We're not going out there. Um, I'm never going to watch this Unless he brings that. Yeah, no, he can't. It's, it's, It's wrong. But then, but I just didn't watch it. I thought it was about a car. It is about a car. For fuck's sake, why are we pedoing all up in there? (laughs) (laughs) But you gotta watch it. You gotta watch it seriously. Just for just for that sequence of the most stupid kids in a show. If they were giving out Oscars for that, they they, those two kids would win, and I would be there. Stupid kids, yeah. Those two fuckers, yeah, yeah. Fucking stupid. Because I I've never understood that. Never. What what are you doing? It's like in horror films where people do stuff and they run upstairs and shit. It's like, where are you running? What, what? Yeah, are you going to leap out of the what first are you running window? Upstairs? Like, oh, this was a good idea. Yeah. Although, <laughs> I had this conversation with my wife, but I always have this big thing in like, horror films, like people like walking around, like switching them torches. Like, that's why most houses have light switches. <laughs> if you switch magically, 
light will come on. But it's everywhere. It's like, get torches. Like, why? And, but then... Because I'm, you don't want to draw attention to the fact that you're there, to the killer. Well, but fucking great... Well, oh, what? You mean, well, you don't... Well, you, right, you only want to draw a small amount yeah. of attention. <laughs> right, yeah. But, but, but then, I don't know how long goes. We, we, basically, we were asleep, and there was a noise downstairs, which woke us both up. And without thinking, I jumped up, went downstairs, and Sue, and Sue was saying, you know, where are you coming? You know, where you, where are you going? Where are you going? Shall I come with you? I went, no, no, you stay there. Which the other thing is like, why are people split up? Right? So I'm kind of like, no, 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 love, you stay there. I'll, I'll check it out. So I've gone downstairs, haven't turned on a fucking light in my own house. I've got no weapon. And I suddenly realized as I'm at the bottom of the stairs, I'm the black dude in the horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm on my own. I've got no backup. I ain't even got like a funny one liner to deliver to no one. Like, hell no, I ain't walking down them stairs. Yeah, I've got nothing. <laughs> right. And, I, and I'm just thinking, if there is some dude down there, some axe ridden dude, I'm, I'm done. I'm, I'm dead, really. Um, and I haven't even put a light on. I didn't even, I didn't oh, even take you, the cat with me. To be fair, if that was what you were going to throw a cat and like, <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, you don't want to mess about, you don't want to, you don't want to mess around with Steve the cat. He's like my guy, but I tell you that. <laughs> Give him, give him a bo- ball of twine. That dude will make like some kind of like nuclear device out of that. He's, I tell you, he's the cleverest cat I know. See, if anything, if there was any noises downstairs when uh, that woke me and Rich up, it would blatantly be me just staring at Rich and then him just going, no, absolutely not going to. If someone's burglary in our house, let them. I'm not going to get punched or something or murdered. Well, like Barry, I'll be the one that Chris was kicking me. Like, no, go and see what it is. And I'll be halfway downstairs before I kind of go, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> yeah, come back yeah. Ago, no, it was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah, I actually. And then you come downstairs the following morning, and all of your stuff is gone. <laughs> I actually, yeah, I actually did. Um, not, not, yeah, not, not walk in on burglars, but I did. They were basically trying to break into our house. Really? Um, yeah, funny story. Um, so, I, I, <laughs> do you know what the word funny means? Yeah, yeah. Wait for the story. It's funny. I've had, I've had, a, I've had a glass of whiskey. My throat's all cleared up now. It's like I've got a second wind now. So I... Ooh! Ooh! Continuity! Boom! I can't... I love a continuity bomb drop. It's awesome. Um, so I, I'd come home uh, from work. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon. And where we used to live, you had to sort of go down steps to where our flat was because it was a kind of like ground, um, basement flat. Um, and as I was walking down the steps, there was a man and woman like literally turned around and were coming back up the steps. And I was kind of like, uh, can I help you? And, oh, we were looking for and some random name. Um, oh, we were looking for John. I was like, oh, no, uh, John is liver. Oh, okay, fine. And they kind of went off. And I thought, oh, okay. So then I went down and tried my key as I normally would, and the door wouldn't work. I thought, that's odd. Kept trying it, wouldn't work. And then I noticed that the side window was broken. And basically what they've been trying to do, they've been trying to, A, break, the window to get in and then they were trying to kick the door open um then obviously spotted me and then suddenly they turned into like i don't know like the a team and had this like great plan to get past me which really wasn't a plan to start just blag it um and none of that dawned on me until the police turned up mm. because i kind of went i can't get in the window's broken i rang sue who's the most sort of organized out of you know our marriage she's the organized one i'm not obviously um i know i rang her and I was, i'm like Love, I think we've, I think someone's trying to break into the house. She's like, right, have you called the police? No. <laughs> have you done? No. She's like, right. And she literally stayed there 
And that's exactly how she said it. Stay there, you stupid man, was what she was going to say. <laughs> but it just came out as, stay there, I'll call the police. Okay, I'll stay here. So then the police turned up and then obviously realised they tried to break into the house and stuff like that, which was actually a bit scary at the time. Yeah. But now it's, it's a funny, funny, entertaining story. <laughs> it's amazing how your brain just sort of melts down sometimes when scary things happen. Uh, you don't think... Because you think... I like to think that if something like... Like when I do my first aid training at work, I like to think that because I know how to give CPR, if it ever happened that someone like passed out in front of me, I'd be like, I'll save the day. And I'd dive over there and start giving compressions. But I know what would actually happen is I'd probably start crying and running in circles shouting, fire. Um, yeah, I'd ask if you first aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, the thing is, I'm, I'm not... A f- I mean, I've come from the circumstances, you know, getting out of the classes. And I sent someone mm. to um, the drop-in centre because they they bugged their finger playing some school right somewhere. And that was my thing. I'm like, oh, I've said, yeah, I've saved someone's life by sending them to. <laughs> someone actually did something. I mean, I, kind of, I know the theory of what you do is you know, someone cuts their arm off, which mm. in office yeah. is going to be. I kind of think it'd be interesting to see how they It's unlikely. It. But I, mm. I know what I'm going to do. I know what I'm going to say. Yeah, what I do is I sit on my desk and cry. <laughs> and then get someone else <laughs> Well, the first time I had my palpitations and therefore, you know, I didn't know what it was. I didn't know I had a heart condition at the time. Mm -hmm. The first time it happened, I was over at a friend Gayla's house and we both just went, what do we do? (laughs) And so Gayla like ran upstairs and got like a towel, I think, and a book, a really big like book of emergency stuff that her family had uh, bought like yonks ago. It's like this big like compendium of potential. It was like WebMD, but in a book. (laughs) And she was like scanning through like... Does your chest hurt? No. Uh, uh, uh. She's going on to the next page. Does, does this, what's happening? And like, we just, for a good 20 minutes. And then after that, Gayla was like, should we call an ambulance? I was like, probably. <laughs> what, what, what I've realised is like, most of my life, most of my life and death situations have one common factor. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Werewolves. I, I, I was genuinely, I was <laughs> No, and actually, I was actually going to say Dave. (laughs) Um, I was was actually going to say Dave Monteith, but Dave would have worked, or or, or Monts would have worked equally well, if if you're more familiar with the podcast. Um, And every story I I tell, I was going to about to tell another story, and I suddenly realised, yeah, that's Dave. There's a a commonality there. And um, I always remember uh, the time... The other time we nearly died, because it's quite a few of those times. How we've, ma- how we've made it this far is beyond either of us. Um, where it was really, really bad, um, snow. And, um, we were in Dave's car, which was a bit like the Millennium Falcon, i.e. it was shit in there. <laughs> but the Millennium Falcon is a kind of cool shit, because, you know, Han Solo is like, he bangs things and things light up. Whereas Dave's car, you banged it and it just didn't Fell do off. anything. Um, he had a, he had a, his, um, fuel gauge was always empty. So even when you filled it up, it would still say empty. So you had to guess, <laughs> um, which was a whole funny time. Actually, it's another story I'll tell first. Where we we had we had we had two girls that we were trying to impress, and these weren't the actual um, women we actually ended up married to. Which this story will kind of bear out. Um, and uh, we, I was sort of living with Dave then because his parents were in Jamaica on holiday or whatever so I kind of moved in for a little bit um free room and board yes um <laughs> get in and uh I was really, yeah effectively I was squatting <laughs> yeah pretty much and uh we had them overcooked a lovely meal well, it was kind of a lovely meal I'm sure they might disagree um and then we were driving them home 
And then they nudged me and he's like, uh, B, we've got a problem. Which in day speak is either we're going to die or it's actually quite a major problem. <laughs> and uh, I, God, We're going to die is not a major problem. Trust me. With <laughs> the amount of stories I could have told you, trust me, that's not a major problem for, for Dave or I. Um, and um, I was like, what's it? I think we're about to run out of fuel. Well, I was like, well, A, how do you know? Because it's been staying empty for like the last two years. <laughs> it's like, no, I think I can tell. But it's, and then he went, but I think I can get it to, I think we've got enough to, to get get the girls home which told me that we don't have enough because Dave's just said that <laughs> so we went about another five minutes and then the car ran out of petrol so we were now stuck middle you know middle of the night trying to take these girls home they're in the back seat and we are now doing rock paper scissors for who's going to walk to the garage to get fuel so the whole cool you know we've got our own place we've cooked a nice meal it's now completely shattered because we're now doing rock, paper, scissors. And then arguing <laughs> about whether it should be best out of three. And then arguing that it should be best out of five. And then saying maybe we should do something different altogether, like people calling. And then lots of swearing and shouting and arguing. And completely oblivious to the fact there's actually two people in the back of the car who want to get home. who are now <laughs> getting slightly concerned by the fact we're stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, which has nothing to do with the life or death story, but it involves Dave's car. We were, we're driving up to Alexandra Palace. Basically, it was really snowy, really icy. We drove up a road that actually they said they'd closed the road off. And Dave was like, Dave was like that's okay, I know a shortcut. Oh. Oh. So he went up this road, which is incredibly steep. The other thing I should tell you about his car, he always had problems with the gears. And sometimes his car would stall. So we were driving up this hill. His car stalled. The car started to slide back because it was really icy. At the bottom of the road is... In- is a main road, which is in fact an incredibly busy main road. So we're now sliding back, and my concern levels grow as we slide further, further and back. And Dave's trying to start the car. I'm like, Dave, Dave, you need to start the car. He's like, I know, you start the car. And I'm looking back, which Dave can't see. So Dave, in this situation, is solo. I'm in this situation as a very nervous Chewy. He's now kicking off, you know, because I'm looking back and I can see the road getting closer and closer and closer. And Dave is trying to start the car, and I just, I feel that he's not taking the situation seriously. So I didn't get all hyped. You gotta start the fucking car! You gotta start the fucking car! We're gonna die, we're gonna die! And you can hear it go, that's not good enough, man. I was like, I was getting to the stage where I thought I was gonna have to do an Indian, literally just dive out and lead him to it. And just go, fuck it. And have to explain to his folks what happened. And just go, do you know what I mean? It's not my fault, Mr. Motif. I tried and shit. I, I told him to start. It wasn't happening. It was me or him. Well, I'm too pretty to die like that. So I dived. Um, as it was, he managed to start the car and literally he skidded into a side road, which is why, why we didn't die. But like I said... So what st- I'm taking from this is don't ever get in a car with Dave. Don't ever do a lot of things with Dave. <laughs> but what will happen? What will come out of it? If you survive, you're going to have a hell of a fun story. I'm not sure if you survive oh I'm not sure either (laughs) I've just realised we've talked for half an hour um, not introduced we haven't introduced you people don't know who you are what you do or anything I I think I did this last time I was on the first (laughs) parlour oh and we talked for like two and a half hours and at the end we were literally about to hang up and stay kind of where I've never said who you are (laughs) wow (laughs) that's how professional podcaster I was back then and that's why I'm on board. Yeah. Half that time. Class up the joint. Yeah, class up the joint. More like, more like fuck up the joint. Um, so, Bevis, introduce yourself and tell us about yourself and what uh, you do. I'm Go. Bevis, my son, and I'm 
writer and artist. Um, I, I, I tend to say artist, but then I kind of virtually everything that I've done I've written as well. So I, <laughs> I shouldn't ignore half of what I do. Um, and mostly small press stuff. Um, Dead Queen Detectives is probably the biggest one, um, which is, which started as the worst. And the pitch most fabulous. The way. It was literally it's awesome. Awesome. Um, years ago, Tony Lee. <laughs> Tony Lee took over as chief chief editor or something of Marcosia because Harry Marcos was on holiday. So Tony just decided he was going to be the editor. <laughs> he was Harry, Harry for a week. <laughs> and he decided the best way to do that was to ask for the worst pitches in the world and then just leave them for Harry to sort out when he got back. So Dead Queen Detectives was one of these pitches and it's Queens, Mary, Elizabeth, Anne and Victoria living in a house in Hove and solving mysteries. It was kind of, it's, the elevator pitch for it is, it's, um, <laughs> this shows how old I am, but it's the four Marys meet Scooby-Doo. And kind of, That's a good pitch though. <laughs> probably no one knows who the four Marys are, which is crap. So it doesn't work. So it has to be Scooby-Doo and it's not the same. Um, so that's as the worst pitch and that kind of then expanded and there's now, I've lost count, I think it's about 12 or 13. Dead Queens of Old and a Sheep. Um, and, and, and sorry, sheep. and a Sheep. <laughs> and the and the decapitated of course. first as well. Well, no, actually, he's only in the first issue because it was I. This kind of goes back to what we we're saying. What you're saying with Kelly Sue about um, sort of representation of women in the pop culture generally. The first issue of Dead Queens is. I mean, the, the four Dead Queens are the main characters, and we kind of deserve. Uh, Nominally, a villain who is a woman as well, and a couple of other characters. But there's there are a few. There's a couple of policemen, and there's four delinquents in the park, and there's Charles Second's decapitated head. So there are a few male characters. But it was a, It must have been at one of the early thought bubbles, and I was there, and I had the issue, and I was like, the, um, there was an editor for. I can't remember who it was. It, it was kind of one of the mid-level. Publishers, I can't remember which one it was now, and they came. He came and he looked at it and he kind of read through it and kind of was, you know, making nice noises about it. And then he kind of said to me, "Well, because it won't sell because it hasn't got a male lead." And I kind of thought, "This is a fucking comic about four dead queens. I'm not going to suddenly put in uh, four dead queens and and a king." That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the one, the one yeah. in it has only got head and can't talk. So yeah, that's not. But then pointedly in the subsequent issues, there are no male characters at all, apart from Kieran Gill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't have anything to say, he's just there because it's a foil. Uh, but they're kind of, so there's a couple of police women in it, um, and there's a pirate, and I very pointedly made point of trying to find a female pirate, so it's Jacotte uh, de la Haye. Um, and the sheep, which may or may not, <clears throat> may or may not be a woman. Have you looked up its skirt? It's got a skirt on its <laughs> It's a cloud with legs. <laughs> I've got to say, like, not to gush too much because I could potentially gush about Dead Queen Detectives for like a billion years, but um, the fact that it's ladies is what I love about it because I harp on all the time about the, uh, and I'm doing air quotes, strong female mm. character thing, in that that's a phrase that really pisses yeah. me off. Because mm-hmm. I think that the strongest female character you can have is a balanced female character. Well, I think that's the misunderstanding. And varied female characters. Yeah, it is, yeah. I think people have taken the phrase. And it's kind of, it's the same thing with kind of the, 
manic dream pixie is people are taking the phrase and completely misunderstood what it's what it's about. You know, strong female character isn't necessarily someone who is physically strong. It's it's a yeah. rounded full character. It's a strong character. And the problem is you you kind of you say female and people instantly have a particular image in their head. It's kind of if you said it was a strong male character, they wouldn't necessarily think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, it's kind of it's a yeah. character. Mm. That's what's missing is not necessarily your action heroines. But we do, I mean, you know, we need those, but they're not necessarily what's missing. You know, you, you kind of need your Disney princesses, but your Disney princess who's got something more than just falling in love with the prince. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, you, it's easy to, to think that you just have to have your female lead who is going out and kicking ass and being fantastically strong. And there's a space for that, you know, there's, there's the space for your Wonder Woman and for your Captain Marvel and that kind of stuff. But then at the same time, you've got room for Faith or for Miss Marvel and stuff like that. The, the ones that are something different that offer you something else to the characterization. And again, it's what Kelly said. It's kind of, it's, if you're assuming that all women are one thing, then you end up with nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, I mean, the Dead Queens are very definitely not. <laughs> I was going to say... I thought you were going to say dead. They are all very much their own yeah. women, if that makes any sort of sense. Like, none of them... You couldn't you couldn't switch the names around and have it be like, oh, they're, they're so similar. Like, they are a varied, balanced yeah. bunch of women, even if they are all yeah, a little... Yeah, no, I mean, that's, kind of, that's one of the... Yeah. <laughs> Dense... When I set out, I set out to write it not necessarily as historically accurate. And I mean, to be honest, there are things like the profiles, the the dates and a lot of the stuff are historically exact. And I've kind of, you know, I've not changed that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I've tried to do it on the idea of they're what people know about queens. Not necessarily what's true, but kind of what people know. So it's... It's all ages, but there is kind of in the Catherine the Great, there's a, there's a joke about she's not interested in horses. So it's kind of, it's not yeah. what people know, but it's not necessarily true. But it's with a lot of the queens, you might know, know you know, you might know the name of the queen, but no one knows anything about the, about who they were or what, you know, there's no stories about them. And you kind of go, well, that makes it difficult for me to write them as a character. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of either going to be making up something or, they're going to, you know, become a cipher, they're not actually a character. So even though it is, you know, it's a very, it's not a deep comic, by any stretch of the other <laughs> I'm not aiming for Sandman levels of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comic about four dead queens trying to work out who's stolen all the biscuits. It's, that's, that's as far as it goes. Um, but the centre, I want them to be characters i want you know i want you to be able to kind of look at them and go i know who this is and then kind of read something and get something else from it so there are you know there are ones where it's quite nice to play against expectations um so i mean queen victoria is not a standard queen you know she's not the image of the dower queen um and some of them are closer to Reality. Some of them have only got one, <laughs> only got one joke that I've been the whole thing on. But I think you can build, even on very, very, you know, you can take archetypes and you can still make them into, 
it's still making them into strong female characters. It's still making them strong characters that aren't just a pair of tits with a face. That's really Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with um, archetypes. A good pair of tits. Uh, uh, Yeah, nothing wrong with a pair of tits. But yeah, there's nothing wrong with archetypes. There's nothing wrong with cliches. You know, um, so long as um, you realise what you're doing and then you subvert it, which is which is why a lot of also that that's not all there is. Yes, exactly. Yeah, (laughs) Um, but that's the clever thing when you look at say um, Buffy. One of the things that that Joss Whedon did was really clever was he recognised the the cliches of that genre yeah. and played on it mm-hmm. you know um firefly was another one that was really great at doing that um like there's a, a wicked bit in the first episode of firefly i always remember uh, where um the the bad guy's holding someone at gunpoint and mal walks back onto the ship and he's about to give his long speech about what's going to happen they just shoot him in the head <laughs> and then they literally pick up his body throw him off the ship and then they just like carry on with stuff and i thought it was brilliant because so many other shows you know mm. what's coming and i think as a you know, if you're a writer and stuff these days, you know when you're writing something, you you know when you're falling into those traps. You can yeah. see the cliches coming. You can see the you know the one line is like, seriously, if I hear one more line which is like, I'll become more p- powerful than you could possibly imagine, I will like yeah. gag. <laughs> you know, so the cliches are there, but I think the the, the greater creators are the ones who recognise them and then go, Do you know, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have a bit of fun yeah. with this. Mm. Well, I mean. It, it, that's actually, I mean, probably my own stuff again, but, um, Night and Dragon with Improper Books. And mm. um, that, again, Matt Gibbs, who wrote it when he set out, the intention was to kind of not only, you know, create a multi-part book where you can have different stories and it's not got any dialogue in it, so it's, it makes it fully all ages, but it was also set the, the expectations of what that kind of story, you know, it's a story about the knight saving a maiden from a dragon. And none of the stories play out in a traditional way. They all lead somewhere slightly different. And that was one of the intentions. When Matt pitched it to me, he was kind of saying, it's not going to be your traditional, oh, the maiden needs help and she's not, and she's going to be rescued and it's all going to be lovely and all going to go together. You know, the knight is a bit old and he's a bit crap and the maiden (laughs) is not, you know, she's not a helpless maiden, even when she's tied to a stake. She's not, she's not out to Even the dragon's not a traditional dragon as such. I mean, it depends on which, which way you get yeah. the story. But you, you know, you take those tropes and you take the idea of people have got certain expectations and they are going to go into a story and they're going to say, this is what I'm going to get. And then when they don't, that's what makes the story interesting. It means, you know, you can take something and use the familiarity. You can use what's already yeah. there and kind of go, I'm going to do something different with that. And, it's when you, it's kind of, it's irritating now when you kind of see a story where you think, yeah, they're going to do something different here, they're going to do something, and then it just does exactly the same thing. You can, they, mm. It's the whole thing, it's a murder, you know, if you've got horror film, and there's a black character, he's kind of going, oh, I'm going to get killed first, and then he does. You kind of go, what the fuck was the point of that? Why point out yeah. the standard thing, and then have it happen anyway? Yeah. I think there's a bit, there's a film which is um, called uh, Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> yeah, with Samuel Jackson. Which is about. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, oh, oh, God, yeah. And I, so there's two bits now. I mean, I love that film anyway, but there's a bit where, obviously, where you could say, well, that's a bit of a cliche because it's yeah. a black guy dying, but it's not because you kind of think, well, it's Samuel yeah, Jackson, he's so he's, he's golden. He's a, yeah, he's, he's yeah. a big star. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he was literally the oh, biggest God. star in that film. And it's the fact that, 
they get to the bit, and I remember watching it, me and my wife watching it, and there's a bit where he's giving the big speech, we're not going to panic, we're going to pull together, and then you get swallowed by a shark. <laughs> and I sat there, like, my wife was in tears of laughter, because I was, I was, because I was thumping the air, because I love a good speech, I love a good speech in the film. I was like, oh, come on, Sam, yeah! And then I was, literally, my mouth was just like, it leaps what? Water, it just bites yeah. I remember sitting there watching it, and I literally went sat there, yeah. like, holy fuck! Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "What?" Um, and then, LL cool J and then so, yeah, but then there's a bit where LL Cool J literally says, "Where there's a three, there are three of them left," and he kind of looks at the two of them that are left, and they're like the prettiest, yeah, pretty boy, in the pretty blonde, and LL, yeah, yeah, LL cool J. and yeah, and he, yeah, and he literally sort of says, "There's no way I'm making out of this," <laughs> and and what I loved was yeah. he did. And it was the yeah. woman who died, which I did not see coming whatsoever. <laughs> I did not see her dying at all. I thought, hello, hello, I love you, mate. Yeah, but, you're and <laughs> did, Yeah, Deep Blue Sea soundtrack, I thought was awesome. That, that track he did, I thought, yeah, it was awesome, but you're not, made, you're yeah. not making it. So I was, I was, even when the credits rolled, I thought it was going to be an end credit scene where you just get eaten. <laughs> <laughs> it's just there, kissing the dry land, like, yes, I made yeah. it. And then a shot's like, <laughs> yeah. So that for me, that for me puts that film right yeah. up there for me because mm-hmm. I just thought because it did that it it, it knew what it was yeah. doing it saw I'm not saying it was a amazingly great film but I was it's really entertained but what it did was it, monster yeah that's kind of sometimes all you want yeah. is something where the monster is eating people and some people are trying to get out you kind of go I don't want more complicated plot than that I just want <laughs> I just yeah. want people being equal but for me the, it was the fact that they recognised that there's a cliche yeah. here and they were going to have some fun yeah. with it. And and that for me took it to I was entertained, but then that took it to like a next level yeah. for me, mm-hmm. which I thought was just really cool. Yeah, which I I mean I kind of I, I only just recently watched Jurassic World, and I kind of I think right. I missed almost every yeah. single step on that. It's kind of watching the first Jurassic, yeah. World, Jurassic Park, and even you know two and three, understood that really what you are is a lot of people running around a lot of dinosaurs, and you don't need a plot. You kind of have a very basic plot set up, and then you go <laughs> and it's all fine. And Jurassic World just spent so long setting up this convoluted family drama and the military stuff. And you kind of mm-hmm. I don't fucking care. Just bring on the dinosaurs. I have no. such, such a big problem with that movie. And it is those two kids. There's this whole sort of subplot of their parents possibly getting divorced that goes yeah. nowhere. Yeah. Like, by the end of the movie, like, yeah. well, are they getting divorced? Like, what? And more, and what's, what's happening? Merlin. And the, mm. she's, you know, okay, she's a bit puffy, but she's been dumped with these two kids when she wants to go and do her fucking job. And then she gets yeah. horrible death. And you kind of go, this isn't the snotty lawyer sitting on the toilet doing anything by time. This is a completely blameless woman who is being mm-hmm. dragged yeah. in the air and ripped apart and then eaten by a giant shark monster thing. And that was just, it seemed to miss the point. But, I mean, I, I think I, it, it was Julianne Moore, I think, because that. In the first three, mm. the only characters that get eaten are men. There's not a single woman who gets killed in the films in the first three. And then mm. in the second one, uh, the, in the most recent one, I think one of the first characters who dies is a woman. You kind of go, mm. that just seems a bit mm. weird. You know, there's no real... The, the, a lot of the characters who were completely blameless and didn't really do anything wrong and just came to really horrible ends. And it didn't do anything with... It wasn't a fun monster movie. No. That that film really distressed me because I came out of that movie with more of a feeling that like people were judging that 
Bryce Dallas Howard's character for not having kids yeah. than anything else. Do you know, like, do you know what? You're worthless, you am. You might be like a really high-powered whatever you are at this, you know, Jurassic Park of awesomeness, but you haven't got kids, yeah. so your life doesn't have any meaning. And I was like, oh, yeah. shut your mouth. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the problem is, is like, so for me, sort of personally, and once again, probably going to lose more listeners now, um, but like my, um, so I've got like two nephews, two nieces, um, and to be fair, like, you know, when they were growing up, like, you know, I loved them. But, you know, kids, they do, you know, cool stuff, play games, it's lovely. Best part is I can hand them back to, like, mm-hmm. my brother. I, I go, think auntie is yeah, the absolute I've got being like, you know, I'm cool Uncle News, he just turns up every so often. Buys him some nerdy yeah, presents. Yeah, cool stuff, and he's yeah. really good at gaming, and he draws, and says, oh, he's cool, Uncle Nuge. And then when, I, when when my day's done, I just, like, drift on out, like, the shadow. It's like, where's he gone? <laughs> You know, it's just like, you know, he's cool on canoes. No one can keep, no one can cage him, you know, right? So I like that. That's, that's, I'm happy with that role. I'm, I personally, um, do not want to have kids of my own. That's my choice. And that's, yeah, my I've choice. And that's what we so choose. Yeah, you have to. Um, I think as a, as a man, you almost get away with it a bit more in that people kind of go, oh, you're that. Oh, one. God, yeah. Even as a married man. People are kind of like, oh no, that's okay. You go. But then there's kind of, oh, but aren't you depriving your wife of kids? Well, if she doesn't want them, then no. It's not, you know, no. if you want kids, it's easy enough. Me and Rich. You don't, you know, I mean, you know, I, mm. you know, we're a same sex couple. We've got two kids. That didn't, you know, yeah. the, <laughs> the physical impracticalities of making babies together <laughs> didn't stop us having kids. You know, you can do it. But at the same time, if you don't want kids, what, I've never understood this idea that you know, your your life is unfulfilled or, you know, you're mm. kind of... The really weird one is you're being selfish if you don't have kids. And oh, just, yeah. I mean, I haven't gone through the... The, the weirdest one... Is kind of seeing the number of kids who don't have families at all. The, you know, you mm. kind of... Doing a document, you have so many checks and interviews and all this kind of stuff. And you see these kids who have got no parents or who've you know, had fucking awful stuff. Like, and you kind of sit there and think, there are times where I think people who can have babies shouldn't be allowed to unless they go through the same process. Mm-hmm. And so the idea that you're not having kids is selfish, I just kind of think is the most blinkered, stupid view. Yeah. I've had somebody ask me, what is the point of you if not to have children? <laughs> That's a legitimate question I got asked. What is the point of you if not to have children? And I said, well, to, to be me, actually. Did you say, did you say to I, bring comedy sass to the world? Yeah, man. That's what I'm here for. Because I mean, like, the thing is... Well, it's this idea that you know you don't have well, not lived a life. You kind of go, what about these people who mm. physically can't have kids? Yeah, you know. The, the, well, but, this is... but I think my thing is, is it's almost kind of getting away from that. It's kind of like the issues around it. It's like, a, I don't. If if people have kids, that's fine. Mm-hmm. If people don't have kids, that's fine. I could give a fuck because it's it, you know I only care about my life, my own existence. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, but my thing with like. A lot of the, with the dress, first Jurassic Park film, but to be fair, those kids were, were better. They were a bit, cle- they were a bit clever as well. Yeah. So I, I'm all good with those ones. They weren't so I'm a bit, incredibly you know, irritating. They weren't, did you say they were? Weren't. They weren't, yeah. Um, was the whole point of it was kind of like for Sam Neill's character and, um, Laura Dern. Was that, there's a bit at the end where like, He's got the two kids and she's kind of looking at him and, and it's all this kind of whereas at the yeah. start he's like, Oh, I don't like kids and all he needed apparently was a disaster movie <laughs> to throw with two kids and then that's gonna sort it all out. Mm-hmm. Well, I tell you no, that's still not gonna happen for me. I, was, uh, we, I mean I, that could happen. I could be in a situation, probably with Dave, because it'd be a life and death one, with <laughs> with with kids 
and um, we survive. Maybe it'd be zombies or something. And I'll go, you know, kids, you kids are cool. Anytime you want to come around my house, have a bit of a laugh, that's cool. But now, fuck off back but to I your parents. That, I didn't know the Sam Neill character was still like that. I didn't, they were, he, I didn't come out at the end of Jurassic Park thinking, oh, he's going to go and have kids now. Well, it was just kind of like, he doesn't hate them. <laughs> he will. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. If, yeah. yeah. But he's not going to go well, looking. It's. I, I think it was left. I think. The, I think it was left. <laughs> yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Go, go right back to the child catcher. Now, I think it was a. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was a bit more ambiguous that ending. In that, like he said, I think he was just. He was just happy with them, and it's like these and are cool kids. Romance things. Actually, it wasn't. He was suddenly yeah, Florida, which yeah. again in Jurassic Park, it, in Jurassic World, it was now they're madly in love. It's kind of they okay, they've been chased by like dinosaurs, but they've oh. known each other for like twelve oh. hours. Who the fuck is going to be in love now? You know, just, yeah, this sort of stuff is what drives me mad. And I'll tell you what, the biggest example of it for me was that that fucking oh, I was so cross was the Harry Potter mm. books because every group of children in that those books that got together at the school together, were yeah. apparently still together in the epilogue yeah. with kids sending them off to Hogwarts and I'm like actually for a start most people who start dating kids at like dating as children or as like late teens or whatever don't usually end up together it's yeah. quite rare mm. people who form relationships based on incredibly stressful terrifying situations are almost almost impossible yeah. to uphold because it's just like a horrendous thing that you just don't ever want to have to think about. But every time you look at your partner, you're like, oh, do you remember that time Voldemort really at my face? <laughs> which, which, is, which is why Dave and I like podcast over Skype. Because <laughs> Dave's going to eat your face. You don't want to have to look at his... No, just all the things we've been through, I can't look at him without having flashbacks to some sort of near-death experience. Some sort of so do you know what I mean? Monster. We try to keep our interaction like mm. as, as few times as possible. Um, but no, you're right. Sorry, Seth, I didn't trust you. Yeah, go That's on. That's all right. But um, yeah, so like randomly inserted romance and uh, and children all over the place is a thing that really bothers me because the, the kid thing as well, like a lot of people say to me quite frequently, ah, oh, you'll change your mind. Oh, yeah. I've and I'm like, well, maybe I will. I'm not ruling it out. Maybe one day I might. But, you know, I've gone 30 years so far and not one single child. And I've had some pretty cool kids in my family. Like not, none of the kids in my family have been like the kind that grow up and start like raging against their parents and drinking at like 14 and like throwing things around or like being massive knobbers. Yeah. Like they've all been pretty chill. And I'm like, even those kids haven't made me go, I could do that because do you know why? I can't actually like handle my own physical and mental health. Yeah. <laughs> I do not yeah. need uh, someone yeah. else's on my conscience. Yeah. I'm already looking after one kid, which is myself. Yeah. Um, but also as well, you know, Talking on kids, there are things that I'm excited about. Like Dave and I have already early drafts yet, so we are. If you, if you see, has everyone seen Bad Boys? No. no. Will Smith one. No. Yeah, with no, no. Jesus, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Kind of pop what culture. I, what am I even cast is this? What am I even? What the fuck am I even doing here? It's too late then. No, it's too late no then. one in this room. What? Right. So, so <laughs> don't you? So, just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, just to recap, no one in this room or over Skype has seen yeah. Bad Boys. Just, just, uh, I've seen, I've seen, oh, jeez, yeah. thanks. Next, next time, man, speak up, speak up quicker. Because I was about, I was about to lose my shit, I tell you. Proper. So, right, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to Mike then. So, you know, so... So, you know, so basically there's a bit in Bad Boys, right? So they're, they're cops. So I'm trying to now 
you know, it's going to lose a joke somewhat, but I'll give it, uh, I'll give it my best shot. But you can go, you can Google this scene on YouTube afterwards and suggest you do because you'll understand why. So Martin Lawrence has a daughter, I think 17, and there's a scene where, um, someone, no, I think it's Bad Boys 2, actually. I um, and so, I know, I know. But just, I wouldn't just, understand it because I haven't seen just, one. Just, just work with me. Work with me. <laughs> Same shit happens, just a bigger budget. Um, and basically, this guy turns up to pick up the daughter. Now, the urban legend goes that when they filmed this scene, it was ad-libbed by Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. And in it, Will Smith is in the back and he turns up with a bottle like he's drinking. He's got Because they're cops, he's obviously got a gun. And he's like, who the fuck's had that door? Who's taking out my niece, Megan? And he comes out and he pretends like he's been in prison and shit and just freaks this poor kid out. And I said to Dave, when you were one of your, the first one of your daughters, because Dave's got two daughters. So I said, when the first daughter turns 17, goes on the first date, you fucking call me, dude. And we're going and we're going to do bad boys and that fucker. And he said, yep. So I've got the scripts downloaded ready. Just need to get a gun. Um, I don't know in this climate. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if that's a good idea. Yeah, good point. In the current sort yeah. of yeah, good point. UK yeah, well, this is, well, to be fair, this is going to be about ten years from now. Uh, so hopefully by then we will won't... things be better. Yeah, yes, we'll be, be start. We'll be in Star Trek times, yeah. then. Don't worry about it. Or post-apocalyptic times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. <laughs> I'm really hoping, in terms of post-apocalyptic, I'm really hoping we're not going to go down the Mad Max route because I can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> No, I can't drive. And, so um, like, and I hope it doesn't go a water world route so I also can't swim. No, me neither. <laughs> so, I, imagine, I imagine you don't really need to drive. You, you yeah, can drive. Oh, okay. That doesn't... Right. This <laughs> <laughs> is a whole Mad Max situation and you're yeah. just driving along like... <laughs> I did, I mean, I did learn, I did learn to drive. I had a driver test and then nearly had a little collision. So... That's enough figured, to put you off. Figured perhaps... A, I failed, um, but then figured perhaps driving wasn't for me. But then working, I know the basics of driving, so actually, if there was nuclear waste, I wouldn't have to worry about roads and shit like that, so I'd be all good. I might even be a much better driver. I'm slightly concerned because my sister's just had her first driving lesson, and this is the same sister that in the space of the last, like, three years has had three operations on her one eye, mysteriously lost her sight in it for no good reason, and mysteriously got it back for no discernible medical reason. Yeah, man. I'm like, no, thanks. Never going to get in your car. <laughs> yeah. She was like, oh, should we do it? Because we were talking about going to the, uh, you know, the Comic Con that's in the Lake oh, yeah. District in October. Oh, yeah. We were thinking of going there because Joe Kelly. Um, and she was like, oh, we could do like a road trip. And I was like, oh, suddenly I think I might be busy. What, is that a <laughs> sudden flashback to the end of Film and Louise? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, we've just driven into a lake oh, and we're yeah. both just screaming and crying. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about, like, for the cyclists in Stafford. Yeah. <laughs> just, just people in general just near roads. Yeah, just look out. Between, like, Stafford Stay off and the Birmingham, roads. just be careful. Yeah, my sister might be on the roads. <laughs> anyway, on that note, <laughs> I hope my sister's not listening. I love you. <laughs> yes. Bevis, you're donating a prize. Oh, yes. So let's do a competition. Ooh. I'm going to make Bevis think of a question because yeah, you put me no, on the spot last time. Okay. Of a question. It'll, be, it'll be like <laughs> well, a drawing now and no one's going to know that. It's commissions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it needs to be a competition that people could actually win. Is it? Is it Dave Monteith dressed as Jessica no. Rabbit? Oddly. What? 
Barry's looking at me with that face, but it's something we discussed at great length on my appearance on Geek Syndicate. <laughs> oh, we did, didn't we? Did you repress that from your memory? Yeah. Oh I did, yeah, I did. Yeah, I know. Jeez, that's going to haunt me, isn't it? It's a good job I'm not going to sleep tonight. Jeez. <laughs> what will happen is at about five o'clock tomorrow morning when you're a bit delirious, you'll just be seeing Dave singing that. What's that song she sings that's all sexy? Uh, I don't know. I don't want to know. Cause... I had plenty money back in 22. Why, why and he's you... like rubbing his shoulder Why are you also doing just Sexy bear shoulder. Right. Right. You just look like you're just rubbing. I'm just having a little fit. <laughs> you just like you've got, <laughs> yeah, no. you like you got itch on your shoulder. You're all right. It's just. <laughs> to be fair. To, to get some I'm, like, do you know, know what? Vapor I've, I've been awake for a really long time talking and I'm I'm running out of like sex appeal. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My ass hurts so bad. You don't even. Ah. Um. Anyway. What's the competition question? Yeah, yeah, you've had time. I'm literally <laughs> looking around the room trying to work out a question now. Like that's going to help. <laughs> I, I, I could, I could give you a clue. You, you, what you could do is you could ask people what was the film we discussed, but oh, oh, cool, Jay survived to the end of the film. Yeah, the one with, 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 with giant sharks. Yes. <laughs> yeah, oh no, two. you've seen it. Did oh, I? Oh, no, not with LL Cool Jay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. No, not the other one. Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, it doesn't relate to Dead Queen. That'll do. Dead Samuel. <laughs> oh, well, oh, 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 God, fuck you, man. Try to help out. Do you know what I mean? Come up with your, right, come up with your own bloody question. It's going to confuse everyone now. What Dead Queen detective looks like Samuel Jackson? That's actually not a question. No. I was going to say you could ask which king's head yeah, was works. it, but I can't remember. I can't remember, so you might have to, like, I don't know, message me the answer. <laughs> That mean that I win? But that's that, that's okay. Says I, I, I remember. Yeah, you could ask that yeah. question. Okay, yeah, which, which, yeah. yeah, which king, which king's head? Is the first issue. There you go. Yeah, and then tweet. Do a tweet. Prize was the omnibus, which is the first two Lots editions. Of dead queen stuff. Some extras and yeah. issue three, and some postcard prints and some stickers, and also I'll do um, an original piece, an A4 piece of art of the dead queen of your choice. It doesn't have to be one of the dead queens that's in the comics. Um, as long as it's an existing queen, so a real queen. Um, yeah. But, and, uh, well, any of them, really, are this kind of... <laughs> there's a fairly wide selection <laughs> out there. So if there's kind of... If there's the a from. picture of them, that helps, although I'm kind of a bit, well, laissez-faire about... <laughs> <laughs> so, some of them I've kind of looked and like, yeah, no, that's shit. I'm not drawing like that. <laughs> so, but yeah, any any queen of choice well, with with reference photos, but no, no guarantees. No. I guess some of them, to be fair, okay. I mean things like um, Matilda, who's in issue three. Yeah, issue three. there's kind of a, there's one contemporary image of her, so I use that one. But then you've got someone like Mary Queen of Scots. There's absolutely fucking loads of them, and I ended up using a painting that. Probably isn't Mary, but might be. She kind of cool. <laughs> with that one instead. Close enough. <laughs> oh, Bevis, it's been lovely and chatting you. to you again. It's been too long. And we barely spoke about Disney this time. Disney. So I know I mentioned Disney princesses, didn't I? Very briefly. Yeah. Very briefly. Yes. Where... <laughs> I'm losing my marbles. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Shut up. I, I know. <laughs> 
You've got to, oh, jeez, why did I why? Get through this, so. I know. I, I, I've really got up my code intake for that one. Yeah, man. Because Jenny was messaging me with uh, with uh, potential topics, and she was like, "What about the current state of the UK and the re- result of the Brexit vote?" And then following that immediately, "Nah, let's just talk about was dicks." She, uh, <laughs> she was tweeting wow. with a load of Scrabble letters <laughs> and asking people for the rude words <laughs> that, she, that she could make from it. So possibly she's thinking of <laughs> subjects to talk about with that, which I think at the moment is things like fizzy cunt and stuff like that. So, no, is that when you get everyone was really scuffed by, <laughs> by the lack of use? Is is that is that when you get pins and needles in your lady parts? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I don't want you looking at me either. <laughs> There's no other women in this room, damn it. Well, anyway, Bevis, I'm going to let you go. It's been lovely chatting you. with you again, and I shall speak to you okay, soon, dear. Hi, thanks, Bevis. Take care, mate. Thank you. We need to have a um. Uh, we haven't done a totalizer, have we? Yeah, how are we doing? How are we doing? I'm just going to message Lee and tell him we'll be there, like, imminently. Doing <laughs> a refresh. Refresh. We are at 601,026p. Sweet. Boom. Boom. Get in over halfway. Over halfway. And we're over halfway. Halfway. So four four hundred quid to go. So if you could donate four hundred quid now, then we could just go home. I already am home. Then I could just go home. Sorry, that was disgusting. <laughs> that was the wettest burp I've that... ever done. It's like I'm right here. I'm so sorry. Wow. Wow. Do it again. <laughs> I feel like I want to do a better one. Um... Yeah, that's what we want. Mm, sorry. Uh, shall I call Lee? Do you want to talk to Lee instead of me for a bit? Yes. <laughs> that, that says a lot. Oh, I always want to talk to Lee. Uh, I pressed call, but it didn't call. Did it again. It's fine. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh. Uh, like I was saying, yeah, that that Lee, that Lee, that Lee guy, when he comes on, just just he he, he does my nothing. I, I don't even want to talk to him. Oh, oh, oh! All right, Lee, how you doing, mate? Lovely, to, lovely to talk to you. I realised today why I was brought into the world. I wasn't brought into the world to be a sexy comic artist or a sexy dad or a sexy husband. I was brought into this world to make sure that YouTube don't turn into a pair of big floppy cocks between the hours of 10 and 11 tonight. Okay, so bring it on. How, how long did it take you to come up with that intro? Well, I, I just thought of it just you, immediately. Just, just right, just then and there, just like, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to floppy cocks, I'm just going to go with that and just see where it goes. I love, I love the fact yeah. that... The first interview I did with Lee on uh, on an on a birthday episode of the Parlour a few years ago, he told a story about a sex theme park and then asked me to cut it out because people who might want to hire him <laughs> might hear it. And of course, he comes on a live show and just says like big floppy cocks immediately. <laughs> but I'm not going to be a teacher now, am I? So it's fine. And you know, I, 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 well, did they ever tell you what happened like during that trip as well? I think I heard bits, but I'm, I'd be very willing to listen to sex theme park stories again. Okay, well, okay, forget the sex day. We, 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 it was a, basically, okay, backstory. Um, I was invited about three years ago um, by a friend of mine who is a teacher in a school in Jeju, an island called Jeju in South Korea. And I was invited to come along for a week and teach the kids about comic art. So, but I, and I, I looked up the place and it's a very small island. 
and has a sex theme park on there. So it's basically, you know, just, it's not like rides or anything like that. It's basically just like loads <laughs> of statues of cocks and people having sex. And, oh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, Lee. Yeah. So, so it's, it's actually a real thing, a sex. It's a real thing. It's a real thing in Jeju. If you could see Barry's face. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. perfect. So I really wanted to go there, but because, like, basically, there's some cock-ups with the booking and stuff like that, so I got there really late into the trip. So I only had a few days to teach all these kids, so it wasn't really much time for sightseeing. So I had time to go, like, to the outside where there were a few statues and stuff like that. So the whole trip went great. You know, I taught all the kids, and kids were fantastic. Um, my friend Rebecca has um, her family live there, too. And they had two lovely, like, kids around maybe I think about four or five um and it got to the very last day of the trip and it was about an hour before I was due to go on go to the airport with them and um the little boy was being told off and told to go on the naughty step in my mate's apartment so I went over to the kid and started trying to make him you know cheer him up because he was all upset being naughty and stuff I had my glasses off I was pulling funny faces and he was laughing because you know I am hilarious you know <laughs> and then he poked me in the eye <laughs> Really fucking hard. <laughs> and oh, it gets so much worse. Um, so I'm like holding my eye in pain for a while. I didn't say anything to anyone, but after 10 minutes, I realized that the pain wasn't going away. And I got to the point where my other, for some reason, it was making my other eye close over and I couldn't open it. Jeez. Um, so I, and I, I started to tell the guys and put a comp, like a compress on my eyes and stuff like that. And I started asking me, oh, would I want to go to the hospital? Um, but he warned me that, you know, just so you know, he don't speak any English there, so it could be difficult. He said, no, I need to get on this plane, just get him to the airport. So we get to the airport, and as we get there, it's gotten even worse, and I can't open my eyes at all. I had to physically pull my eyelid for a couple more seconds, otherwise it would close it again before it really hurts. So my friend's little girl was, le- was walking me around the airport like a blind person holding my hand. Jeez. And it got to the point where... Um, and at one point, I was reached out and accidentally touched my friend's boob as well. Then, <laughs> accidentally. And, yeah. and then it gets so embarrassing that I had to ask the airport for um, a wheelchair to wheel me onto the plane. It was that bad. <laughs> and it was horrible. It was so horrible. I was supposed to be stopping off in Shanghai on the way back. And I was supposed to have a full night in Shanghai. But because I was basically blind for the whole trip, and it was getting scary at this point because I couldn't see anything. Yeah. And I saw some strangers on the other end of the line, on the other, like, like when I got to Shanghai, um, for help, getting into the taxi, getting from the taxi to the hotel and stuff like that. And it was horrible. And I feel so embarrassed as well. Because seriously, being put out of action by like a four-year-old boy, you know, that is, just sucks big time. What was he, Steven Seagal's son or something? <laughs> Sorry? So was he Steven Seagal's son or something, the I kid? I think so, yeah. Jeez. Yeah, definitely. So, so, you know, that was fun anyway. So, did you find that, so what actually, to, you obviously at some stage got to see a doctor about it. Did you, or did well, you just. I didn't, because by the time I, when I was in Shanghai, um, we got some advice from back home. That's actually put a hot compress on the right. old one, um, and it draws out the, I was in there, like even more. Um, and by the next morning, um, by the time I had to take my flight, my good eye, I could open it more. Right. And so I could actually see with one eye. So that way I got home. And then by the time, basically the hour that I got home to Liverpool, both eyes were better by that point. Oh, of course they <laughs> were. Know. I know, I know. So, yeah. Wow. 
I got some good photos of me in a waistcoat, though. <laughs> I never get to wear a waistcoat. I look good in a waistcoat. <laughs> Right. Anyway, how are you guys? Anyway, you must be. Oh, you guys are doing so well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I. Um... I don't know if I feel like I am. Yeah, you look good, Stace. And thanks, man. I feel sweaty. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm honest. I'm, I feel pretty sweaty. I'm not going to say anything. Oh, <laughs> so you guys are superhuman for doing this. You oh, really are. Thanks. You know? <laughs> well, you could say superhuman. You could say stupid. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could say either of those things. You I could say both of them at the same superhumanly time. Superhumanly stupid. Yeah. I mean, how how long has it been since the last one? Was it three years ago? Was it two years? Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't uh, know why I did oh, it. Yeah. Again. <laughs> well, that remind. I just remembered. I'm going to send you guys a photo. Um, over Facebook private <laughs> messenger. It was something I promised you during that last one. Of course. But I was kind of too chicken to send it at the time, but I thought, fuck it, I'll send it now. Hang on. Oh, just look out for it anyway. Oh dear. Uh, should yeah. I, should I pre-warn social media Mike that he might be about to receive some, yeah. like, really good <laughs> yeah. something? When you, yeah, when, anyway. when you suddenly hear, what the fuck from the corner? <laughs> or, oh my. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, dear. we had the conversation about me and a mankini. Ah, uh, here you go. I always keep my uh, promises. Oh, uh, I don't know you how can, much. You can frame that and put it on your bedside. I might do. Yeah, she probably will. What are you saying about me? I don't know. I'm a classy bird. <laughs> oh, by the way, yes. I'm, you know, I'm always used to you being on geek syndicates. Yes. You've been swearing like a docker on this show. I'm not used to hearing you. <laughs> it's. Uh, I think it's me. I think I bring it out in people. No. I um. I did a radio appearance the other week to promote this show, and uh, when I got there, they were like, "Oh, by the way, you can't swear." And I was like, "Ah, a whole hour? How am I gonna do it?" it was right. So, be honest. Have any of the guests been like an utter arsehole up to now? No. No. It's been really no. good. That might change after you go. Yeah. Okay. But no. Um. I um. My my natural state is I do swear that I I swear quite a bit. That's how I naturally am. Dave doesn't swear. It's Dave's the one who doesn't swear that often. So um, when I do get syndicate, I try not to swear. Um, right. and if I do swear, I tend to cut that out in the editing. Um, but when you go back and you listen to early stuff, certainly in the first sort of year or so, a couple of years doing it, I was swearing all the time. So the first episode, couple of episodes, I'm just like, yeah, it's fucking shit. Um, <laughs> but mainly because the first probably, I don't know, um, 40 episodes, I think most of those, I was just drunk. Um, <laughs> because I was so nervous doing a podcast and, and yeah. you know, my own, listen to my own voice and, and all that sort of stuff that my best way to deal with it was just to drink. And I always thought I'll be funny if I've been drinking. Um, yeah. yeah. And then you listen back to and then listen back. I was like, actually, I really wasn't that funny. I was just a slurry ass. So how many how many years ago was that that you started? This this year, this September, we will have um, been recording for ten years. Ah, yes. Um, And now you're one of the kings of podcasting. I I I don't know if I would say one of the kings. I'll just say like one of the first Duke, a kickass Duke, (laughs) kickass Duke. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I just think, yeah, I, I, it constantly, the fact that we're going to be 10 years, uh, Touchwood, um, uh, in September surprises the heck out of me. And anyone that knows me and Dave is, is surprised. Yeah. Um, because we were the sort of, we are the sort of guys that like 
we often come up with ideas for things. We always come up with great ideas, which last usually a day. Mm. Um, or as long as a glass of whiskey lasts. <laughs> um, we should buy a bar. So I, I generally believe, yeah, when, yeah, when, uh, when Dave said about, you know, we're going to do it, because it was all Dave's idea to do the podcast and stuff. In my mind, I thought we'll do the episode he did where he came up to Northampton and we got drunk and we recorded the first two episodes. I literally thought that would be it. <laughs> you know, and I thought we've had a good time, had a good laugh. You know, we talked about Star Wars and stuff. That we, that would be it because we just don't have the staying power, the commitment to keep something going for that long. Um, so I'm, I'm generally quite shocked that we've managed to keep going for this long. Like, to be fair, I'm similar because I, it didn't dawn on me until you said when you guys had started that it will be 10 years for me yeah, next year. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yes. um, I mean, there was a little bit of a gap between Comet Racks and the parlour. I think it was about just under a year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's but yeah, that, and it seems bonkers to me because I uh, I never usually stick to anything. I mean, Barry will know this because I, the number of times I've said, I'll review that for Geek Syndicate and then it's never appeared. No. Nah. <laughs> No, that's why I stopped sending the stuff now. Yeah, he does. Stop sending it to me because I'm really unreliable. The the only problem, the, the the biggest problem with me and writing things is that I'm really critical of my writing. Yeah. And so I will write a review and then go, that's not good enough. And then I'll just do yeah, it. Yeah, well, that's just the natural state of every single creative person now. Yeah, mm. yeah, it is. Um, and the good thing which we were saying um, earlier when we were talking to um, Danny is is the fact that what you realise from doing podcasts and going to cons and meeting people, meeting other creators, which is something I didn't have in my life before, is that everyone is going through the same thing. Yeah. Even from the most successful creator right down to that, you know, that person who's just starting their, their first, they've got some stapled photocopied um, comics to give it's their first ever comic. The, they're, they're dealing with the same issues. Yes, maybe someone is more well known and stuff, but they're still dealing with the same issues, you know, writer's block or as I like to call it, writer's fear. And and, yeah. all, and all those sorts of things, and I think when you realise that, it kind of it doesn't isn't it doesn't make it go away, but it makes it that much easier to kind of deal with knowing there's other people out there dealing with the same stuff. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's well, that's exactly what I went through this year. Um, yeah. Because I'm starting a new, I've started a new series for 2008 um, with Ian Edgington. Okay. Um, called Kingmaker, and um, I yeah, it took me a long, 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 long time to get going on it. Because first of all, I wanted to try and find a new art style, um, a simpler art style. Right. Um, so I spent about a month and a half trying to find one. Um, couldn't find one, so I wasted all that time. And then just getting to draw the pages in my usual style, it took forever. I've taken months to just do a handful of pages, um, just because I've had the fear of starting a new project mm. and having to be the very first one of this new series. And it's been horrendous. It's been the worst it's ever been. I mean, it's got nothing to do with like the project itself. I mean, it's one of the coolest projects I've ever been on. And that kind of made the fear build up more. Yeah. So it's not through the quality of it. It's just, that's just, oh man, it's been terrible. I felt like I've just been sensing my editor just far, just hovering over his keyboard, just waiting to contact me, see where it was. Oh man. Well, thankfully, I've only just recently got over that bump and it's gone full flow now. Yeah. How how do you when you when that happens to you, because I know it happens to me quite often. Um yeah. how 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 do you deal with it? How do you get over it? Does it just um, run... uh, there's a lot of self loathing involved, a lot of moodiness, <laughs> um, a lot of comfort eating. Uh, seriously a shitload of comfort eating. Um 
Um, it's. Uh, I'll be honest. I didn't get over it very well. That's the thing. It took me a long time. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, in the past, I usually just try and drown out everything. I don't. I try and remind myself that I'm in my dream job. Yeah. Um. And I can do good stuff when I put my mind to it. Um. It's. Well, and that's it. It's staying off Facebook and all that. It's trying to. Uh, it's what I found worked for me. Um, was putting on old films um, that I used to leave on in the background years ago that I just haven't watched in ages because I've seen them a million times. So why would I watch them again? Um, but it brought up and listening to old songs as well that I used to listen to back when I was re- more productive and young and oh, okay. able and stuff like that. And it brought back a lot of the old feelings and memories and stuff like that. So that worked for me, I think, in the end. Well, I suppose there is that thing when you, you know, when I was writing as a teenager where like I knew no one was going to see this stuff because and I was literally is that a thing where everyone sort of says well I write for me but you know but back then I was literally writing for me because I just loved writing I loved writing stories I didn't didn't, I didn't care whether people saw it or not and I think I say that now but I know deep down I do care whether people see it or not whereas then I genuinely didn't I just enjoyed doing it yeah. So I was much more prolific, even though I don't. I, even though now I, I, I believe I'm a better writer than I was then by by a long way. Um, yeah. I think I was far more creative then because I didn't give a fuck. Oh, I, I, I was exactly the same as well. Um, it's without the pressure of deadlines and stuff like that. You just did it for the love of it back then. I mean, I, I, I sometimes I wonder if I've lost the the fire that I had back then. Mm. You know. Um, because back then I used to draw. I, I, I it wasn't just comics. I used to, um, I used to like do murals on my bedroom wall and shit like that, and write stories and I don't know, all kinds of creative. I'm sculpture. I used to do sculpture as well. I oh, awesome! Have any of that? Um, you know, I mean, honestly, like back then, I when um, the movie Spawn came out, awful fucking film, but <laughs> costume design was incredible in it. Yeah, and actually, I've got it right. Like just. In the room now, I did like a like um, a decent sized bust of it and fully painted, and it still looks fucking great. You know, and uh, it's just something I never developed um, mm. in my younger years. But now it's 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 I wouldn't say it's just turned into a job. I still love what I do, but it's it's you, it's just hovering over you all the time. You know, the pressure of deadlines and paying bills and stuff like that. Yeah, it's just a different type of feeling. Yeah, you know. And I, and I think some of it is, some of it is, is just the time. I mean, it's not even like I haven't got that correct spark anymore. Some of it is the fact that actually, even when I do have it, it's, it, it's the time to find, to, um, to, to fit it in with everything else you're doing, your day job and, and everything else. And if you, if you're living with someone as well, because obviously a lot of those things that I was doing as younger, I was living at home. Yeah. You know, so I, I, I you know, I wasn't in a relationship. I was just on my own as a, as a teenager. Um, so, you know, you've got far more time to indulge yourself doing those sorts of things. You know, you're not worrying in that same sort of way as you are now as a, as an adult. Um, so now you have to sort of be creative, but within a sort of fixed timeline, you know, it's, it's not, it's not something you can do 24 seven sort of thing. Um, yeah. and all the things that like, like adult, it's just like little things as well. Like I don't even get a chance to read comics anymore about them now. Because the only time I'd get to read, time to get to read comics is, would be like in bed at night. Right. But now, now I'm married with the kids. I, like that whole routine is out the window now and I can't, I don't know, I can't read comics in bed now basically. No. I'm not, there's not a physical rule, an actual rule that says you're not allowed to read comics in bed, but 
<laughs> a million times we comments in bed. You know, it's it's weird. It's just it just changes. That's all. Yeah, and that and that's what it is. I mean, I went for a. a I'm, I'm kind of coming out of it a little bit, which is what this podcast has helped with. Where. I haven't read any comics for ages because, and I've said this a couple of times today, there was just so much stuff out there that I just, I was swamped by and I didn't actually know what to read. Mm. Um, whereas like back in the day, it was, there was probably only five, three, you know, five or six comics I was actually reading. Um, whereas now you've got five or six different Batman titles alone before you even get onto anything else. Mm. It's just a struggle to say, to say to yourself, what am I going to read? What I'm not going to read? Plus I love reading books. And I find I I felt that my book reading is literally completely bottomed, um, which is why I've now. I can't dis- remember the last time I read a book. Well, now you see I've <laughs> discovered like um, audio books, as in like people just narrate stuff to you. Um, and for me, that's work- been working really well because I find I have I have a lot of dead time. So when I walk to work, it's like a fifty minute walk. So I have an audio book on. Um, if I'm going to do the washing up, I have the audio book on. If I'm going to tidy up the house, I'm going to have I have an audio book on, and that kind of gets me that. I get through it that way rather than me trying to find the time to actually sit physically in a chair mm. and read the book. Cause I always kind of think oh, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. Um, and I think it's that, that I should be doing is a real fucker mm. that really does stop you from doing a lot of stuff. Cause you always think oh, I should be doing something and you end up not doing anything at all. Mm. Oh man. <laughs> Tell you what, we, we don't see each other nearly enough, do we? I haven't seen you. I haven't seen you in ages, dude. Well, it was Birmingham, wasn't it? Was it a year and a, was it a year ago about something like that in Birmingham? Uh, was that for the um, the ice convention? Ice one, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, See, that's the thing. There's so many conventions nowadays. Yeah. That usual yeah. group of friends just were too spaced out now. Yeah. We don't see each other. What we were saying um, is earlier. Sorry, go on, mate. Yeah, go on, mate. I mean, in Stacey, Stacey, when did we see each other last? Was it a thought bubble? Oh, God, yeah, it was a thought bubble, but it wasn't wasn't last year. I think it was the year before, possibly. No, I've been for a while, thought bubble. It's a a difficult one for me because I can only really afford to go to like one or two cons a year, and I always go to Thought Bubble because of the party. Um, And so, like, I've sort of taken to go into the ones in Birmingham if I can because that doesn't involve any travel or accommodation costs for me. But um, I was a bit sad. I missed the comic festival um, in April, but um, I was in London seeing the uh, Legend of Zelda Symphony orchestra thing which was amazing so i wasn't that sad <laughs> well i i um i went to that one uh in its first year and it was really good yeah me too yeah, it, it was, was really good yeah, really aside good. from when i got harassed by a jawa that was weird <laughs> but i mean yeah i mean the days of um when i were first we were first going to sort of conventions and stuff and we were just doing bristol i, I think those days are kind of behind us because um like I say, I, I remember one Bristol which was phenomenal because everyone was there, like everyone, um, all in the hotel bar, and it was just fantastic. But now, like you say, Lee, it's just so fragmented now that you, if you see three or four people, you're happy, you know, that yeah. you, you remember. But trying to get everyone into the same place now, it just it just doesn't happen now. Um, also, people have moved on. Some people have left the scene. People, other people have kids, which makes it more difficult too. Mm. get to cons and stuff like that you know um, and just money because there are so many cons you can't afford and Fort Wubble is a you know if you don't live in Leesworth it's a pricey old con to get to and mm. you know get a hotel yeah. and all the rest of it 
no, no, no. I mean, if I end up going to the Bubble this year, it's going to be a very, very last minute decision. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm going to be worried, to be honest. <laughs> well, we've we've ended up getting a hotel that like literally none of us have ever ever even heard of before. Yeah. But it was it was because the uh, Holiday Inn Express has put their prices up again, um, and so we were like, well, no. Um, so this time, uh, Je- uh, <laughs> Phil gets to share a room with me and Jenny and see how that goes down for him. Yeah, it'll be fine. I just, t- to be fair though, I don't really care what I'm saying as long as I'm at the party. I love the party because I, 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 you know, people think I'm a bit weird when I say I love this particular party more than like anything else. But it's because I fucking love to dance. I'm not mm. good at it, but I don't like. It's the only place where I don't care that people are looking at me. I don't care that I look shit. I don't care that people mm. might be judging me because music is ace and dancing yeah. is ace, and I love I, it. I remember your dancing was great. Oh no, yeah. it's terrible. Me too. I mean. <laughs> Obviously, Barry wipes all of us out. Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. I've I've stopped. I've stopped trying to get Barry to come to the parties now because I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just convincing him to come and show me up. Um, but uh, honestly, him and David are the greatest <laughs> fucking dancers oh, on God. the planet. Tell me, about yeah, that, that's in, that's in, at a comic convention. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I have said this before, and I know it sounds a little bit uh, a little bit rude to nerds, but I class myself in this as well. Is I don't think there's any like whiter a dance floor in terms of dance moves <laughs> than a than at a comic convention party. But I love it because the thing is, in my group of friends, we don't go out clubbing or anything very often, and when we do, it usually ends up that at least one person will get so drunk that by about one o'clock they're just like, no. <laughs> I can't cope with life. We have to go home, so I never get to enjoy like a full-on dance times, which is why I do love Thought Bubble. See, and obviously, I, 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 I won't lie. I do like to shake a little bit of foot. Um, shake it healthy. But then, when I was, you know, when I was sort of growing up, I used to go out um, clubbing pretty much three, three, four nights a week, um, and that's when I was doing shift work. So I used to go out, come home about three, have breakfast, watch a bit of TV, and then. Go to work. Um, I don't know how I, I don't know how I existed doing that <laughs> and dancing because I've been mean, dancing the way that I, I like to dance is pretty full on. So you're shattered yeah. anyway, um, and you've done that for hours on end, and then to have to sort of come home and then have to go and do a full day's work it's just absolutely yeah, crazy. Insane. Yeah, but that must have made you so popular with the ladies back then. <laughs> Seriously, no, honestly, I'm going to teach Finn, my boy, how to dance when he comes of age. Because I just I want this kid to be popular. <laughs> I want to get. I want my boy to get thirty times more action than I ever did. My life. <laughs> it's not be hard at all, you know. Well, well, funnily enough, um, the the one um, woman who was never ever impressed with my dancing it was the woman I actually married. No, really? how can yeah. anyone not be impressed with your dancing? Because when 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 we were first sort of. Going out, um, I hope it's, she's not listening. When we, when, uh, <laughs> we were first sort of going out and stuff, which is at university, I would be dancing and apparently, and I don't know, genuinely, I don't notice. If I'm dancing, I'm dancing because I like, I like to dance. I love music and all the rest mm. of it. Especially if they play certain tunes, I, you, you just lose me. Um, so I'm not looking for other people watching or anything like that. I, 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 that's not what I'm, that's not what I do. Mm-hmm. But she, but Sue would say, that like you're going for people would stop would stop because they see you going to floor. Oh, he's that guy, 
and it would annoy the fuck out of her because she was going out with me. Yeah. And there would be times where she would be in the toilet and girls would come to the toilet and go, did you uh, see that guy dance? He's really good at it. And, and literally she's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, because, no. mainly because she knew what a, what a geek I was and yeah. what a whatever I was. Do you know? And she's just like, oh, really? And it just never impressed her. But more than, I, I, I never sort of got women that way. Um, what I did get, however, was shit loads of free booze. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because I would literally stop dancing. People, someone would come up to me and go, dude, you, I've got to get you a drink or you've got to be first. Do you want a drink? I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, I'll, I could manage a whiskey. Double. <laughs> um, but also, you've got to understand as well, in my neck of the woods, I, I was considered all right. You know, so, you know, it's just that, you know, it's that whole step out of London or step out of certainly my neck of the woods anyway. Um, but where I used to go clubbing, I was all right. There was a load of us, there was about six of us, and those guys put me to shame. Properly I put me to shame. I find that hard to believe, Barry. Yeah, me too. No. Really. Because bear in mind, I was foolish enough to um, have a... <laughs> um, you know, with my measly free moves, over and over again. And you just fucking blew me away. You know? In, in, in a nice way, though. It was a dance-off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 we did. Yeah, we had a bit yeah, of a dance-off. It was well, at a football. It was at a thought bubble. It was at a, a thought bubble. Why well, yeah. wasn't I there? For I don't that know. One. I don't know. No. I mean, we say dance-off. It, that that implies that there was a you know a battle of some sort, <laughs> oh, as opposed yeah. to what I, as opposed to what I like to call it, which was an educational <laughs> video. <laughs> 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 for, 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 for oh, belief. And what made it worse was I think I was dancing, we were sort of dancing with, but I did literally, I'm trying to remember now, I kind of like slid off and then Dave kind of just slid in from nowhere and, was, and like, you could almost see Lee going, oh, for fuck's sake, just ta- <laughs> taking the piss now. But it was a great night. It was a really was great funny. night. It was just, just a proper laugh. Good old days, that was. I've got a couple of stories here anyway. Um, about my boy Finn. Right. He was like the coolest kid ever. Um, but we, we recently gave up on potty training. He's like two and a half now. And, um, we gave it a go for like about two weeks. Um, we weren't getting anywhere. It got to the point where we, we, at one point we, um, we took off his nappy and just let him run around free for a few minutes. And I took my eye away from him for a second. And as I looked up, the little git was, he was, he climbed on top of like a, like a little stool thing and was crouched over the DVD player and over the plug sockets, just taking a piss. Oh, you know, I can't believe he didn't electrocute himself. And then not long after that, um, he did a massive dump on the floor. And before, in the few seconds that I had to pick it up, the dog came along and ate it. Oh, how nasty is that? Not quite, as, not quite as nasty as the photo I've just looked at. <laughs> oh, heavens to Betsy. So, so oh God. For, for, oh my God. for those listening in, I'm now looking at the, the photo that Lee uh, sent to Stacey and I of him in a mankini yeah. drink, drinking what looks to be a cup of tea whilst wearing a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah. That, was, I, I, that was actually the photo. It was my wife's um, Hindu years ago, about four years ago or so. And um, the bridesmaid asked for a photo of me in a mankini, like to right. do, like a pin the penis on Lee type of game. Oh, so that's what I sent them. Oh yeah. gosh! Wow. I, so, yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm actually no. actually actually speechless. I'm I'm actually speechless. And that, slightly horny. 
Not not even not even remotely. Yeah, I bet he is really. No. Just holding it well. No, no. you. I know you're gearing up to print off a copy of it. <laughs> so I don't even look at me like that. What do you mean gearing up? Uh, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you actually introduced Lee? No. Right. Oh no. Have you? no. <laughs> Twenty minutes to go. Oh, hey, this is Lee Gallagher, everyone. He does an art. He does an art in a 2000 AD. No, no, he does it. He says what he does. Oh, go on, Lee. Lee, who are you and what do you do? Okay, Lee Gallagher. Uh, I've been an artist for 2000 AD for, I don't know, about nine, eight, nine years, something like that. Um, in the past, I've worked for DC Comics as well. Um, so, mainly for 2000 AD, I was known for a series called The Foe, 17th Century Zombie Hunter with Pat Mills. I did that for about seven years, and I recently stopped doing that last year. Um, I also did a series called Aquila with Gordon Rennie, which was about um, basically just Roman monster stuff. Um, and I, f- I finished that last year as well. Um, also drawn Just Dread a bunch of times. Um, so now I'm on this new series called Kingmaker with Ian Eddington, which is pitched as Aliens versus Lord of the Rings. And it is spectacular. In fact, right, if you keep it to yourselves, I'm going to send you a photo of a recently finished double-page spread. Ooh. Ooh. I honestly yeah. thought you were just about to say, if you keep it to yourselves, here's the plot. And I was thinking, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. no we're alive, we're alive. Yeah. Don't oh, do no, it. Oh, no, there's a lot. Well, the thing is, before I'd even drawn the first episode, Ian Edgerton had come on the 2080 podcast and basically just blabbed the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a single page, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, that, like, the first few pages, honestly, it just starts off, like, like Lord of the Rings, where it's kind of like our take on Lord of the Rings at first, um, where the two hero-type characters have gone to the top of, like, Mordor-type thing or wherever it is, and they're about to throw, like, they're kind of, like, about to face the big baddie at the end. And um, just as that's happening, a giant alien armada appears from above and just decimates everything. And the rest of the story is just picking up pieces from there, really. And, you know, enemies are now friends, friends are now bad guys, all that type of thing. Um, and honestly, it's one of the coolest projects I've ever been involved in. It's a shitload of work, shitload of design work involved, but honestly, it's so worth it. It's going to be coming out in 2008 in the Christmas edition. Mm. Um, so yeah, this dumb page spread that I just sent you guys took me forever to do. But oh, I'm, yeah. I'm doing I'm, a as well, on EC for the first time. Well, no, I'm looking at it now. That that is like, jeez, holy shit! Well, you're not going to script that just says that for the opening page, and you just go, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know, and I think that's the thing. No, I mean, it's a it's a challenge, but it's always worth it in the end. Yeah. Um, I always kill myself on the very the few times that I get to do double page spreads, but it's always worth it in the end. Um, I'm just worried that I'm not going to be able to do anything as cool as that for the rest of the series now. <laughs> that's like the, that's the second and third page you're looking at there. Wow, that's awesome. And we we will keep it to ourselves. Yeah, so. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, but no, that 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 is just fantastic. I was going to say actually, in terms of like um, 2000 AD, but I'm actually going to expand this to sort of like DC Marvel and stuff. Is there? And you probably. We'll say I don't, I don't know, but is there any sort of characters that you would love to get your love to get your hands on to to draw? Honestly, it would be Batman. I know. I see. I knew you guys. I know. I know. I'm, I'm so cliched. <laughs> That's the guy that everyone wants to draw. I mean, Hellboy's another guy as well. Uh, yeah. Um. Well, no, that's not it. Really, I mean, I mean, as much as I'd love to draw 
I mean, Transformers are like, you know, I'm a big 80s guy, so Transformers is a big passion of mine as well. But there's no way I could bring myself to draw them. I, I, it's more like technical drawing, that type of thing. Right. Especially if it, came, if, if it turned out to be the movie version, you know? Yeah. Because, um, like, years ago, I did the project DC called um, Lego Bionicle. And oh, yeah. I was for that for a year. And that was a massive, it was, it was fun, but it was a ball, like, because that was, like, technical drawing. Right. Um, very incredibly detailed robot type characters. Um, and it took forever to do, but no, that's it. No, I need something more organic, you know, but no, I'm the guy. I mean, did you see the video thing to put up on Facebook? Was this uh, the, um, the, the, the quick, the quick yeah. sketch reading? Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, I figured out how to record, like, yeah, um, Majoran Tablet thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll just do the student up video. I mean, loads of artists do that. I mean, Andy Tong, have you seen all the ones that Andy Tong puts up? Oh, no, I haven't actually. actually. Oh, he puts yeah. up his shit load of them all the time. Oh, does he? Yeah. Oh, I love Andy. Yeah, and I've noticed that on, um, I don't know him on Facebook, but, um, on YouTube, Duncan Fregrido, he puts up, um, tutorial type videos as well. Okay. Yeah. So look them up if you like that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's starting to become much more of a bigger thing than YouTube does sort of videos. I've seen quite yeah. a few people doing that now. They stress me out because it makes me just really super jealous, especially when it's sped up because it looks like people are really amazing. Yeah, cause yeah. yeah. Like, whip, 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 Batman, and you're like, oh yeah. man. Because oh. I'm still doing stick Batman with just like two triangles. <laughs> Even my stick Batman doesn't look like Batman. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I want Finn to try and draw as well. I mean, the thing, what I've seen up to now, there's not to power up all for a two and a half year old episode. It's <laughs> <laughs> a big letdown up to now. Do you walk in and just like take papers and then go, what the hell is this? Yeah. I told you to, I told you to use proper crayons. What's this? Yeah, you know what, you know what, the other day, yeah, um, you got all, what was it? Uh, whatever you was eating, it was a, uh, ah, it might be Weetabix, you put all those Weetabix out onto his table thing and started rearranging it and said it was a horse. <laughs> like a fucking horse. <laughs> yeah, yeah but a horse is notoriously hard to. Do you just go, yeah, do you just go, just because you say it's a horse doesn't make it a horse, son. <laughs> you know I mean? It can be a horse if it wants. Oh, man. Um, oh, right. It was in the paper the other day. Right, basically, the walk-in centre. It's a bit of a... Uh, well, okay. There was a, there's a walk-in centre that we have to take Finn to yeah. um, out of hours when he gets sick. And it was in the paper recently, a few weeks ago. That um, the lady who works the reception that we've dealt with a couple of times, she got sacked, right? And the reason was because her bosses found out that she worked in porn, and also she was also in, she also did adult baby mining as well. Oh, how messed up! I mean, I mean, I don't think she should be fired for it, but you know, it's just uh, adult it's the adult baby mining that puts me off a bit. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, there are some fetishes that I can yeah. that I get. Like I wouldn't necessarily indulge in them myself, but I get it. But that's that's not one of them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. It's this this is the one where like grown men like go own nappies like, and stuff. And, and yeah, and like cry like babies yeah. and they change them. Yeah, and that's not nice. And they're usually like kind of like really big rich. Well, to be honest, most of these ones end up with being really rich businessmen type mm. people, and it's right. the whole it's the whole control thing. And they they spend their whole days like running businesses, and they they want to give that control away and yeah. whatever. It's just you, like you know a lot about this, Barry. Yeah, well, speaking as a rich business dude, 
Um, obviously, that's that's my experience with these things. Uh, well, um, the, the article also went on to describe like what she'd been in in the porn. And, uh, like, okay, I live in a place from Crosby and Liverpool, and there's a well-known porn star who lives here. And I bumped into him before in the in the cafe, and I've, you know, I've said hi to him and all that. Uh, Omar Williams he used to be he used to do like Omar's Amazing Triumphs and stuff like that. <laughs> um, very funny porno films, like kind of like Bend Over type stuff. And um, she did. Turned out she, the article went on to say how she did a video with him called Omar's Fat Bird Bonanza. That's not a that's that's a bad title, that. Oh my. That's not a good title. It's not a good title. That's not a good title. Yeah. Well. I, I mean, I don't know. If you're into fat birds, a bonanza would be a pretty good place to, <laughs> to go, I guess. Yeah. It's weird, though. Yeah. Mm, I've turned things too weird, haven't I? I can sense it. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I, do feel, I do feel we've turned a bit of a darker corner than I, I was imagining. It's post-watershed, baby. Yeah, it, it is. <laughs> well, do, no, I mean, we were post-watershed, post-watershed from 9am. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> hey, it's after midnight somewhere. What time is it now, anyway? It's uh, actually it's knocking on eleven. Is it? Yeah. Jeez. That's <laughs> ten to eleven. Yeah. Yeah. Bloody hell! But then, to be fair, I can see the timer, which says we've nearly been going for fourteen hours now. Oh, that's that's epic. We're well almost guys. in the home stretch. Yeah. Maybe. Uh huh. I'd I'd hardly call ten hours a home stretch. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Talk about setting the bar low. I'm um I'm just trying to make myself feel better. Okay. I'm tired already. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, is that no, no, don't No, cock. come on. You're not a floppy cock. <sighs> Do not, not be a floppy cock. cock. I am absolutely no. not a floppy cock. You haven't. <laughs> no. Is there is there anyone that you're actually nervous about speaking to tonight? Oh yeah, several people. Oops. For some reason I've um 'cause like I've got the running order here. The uh the, the, the there there are a lot of people I approached expecting to not get a reply but just to make myself feel better, who actually replied and said yes. Um, and in it's the last two people that we've got, um, Mike Allred and uh, Rahul Kohli, oh. who's uh, the dude from iZombie. Yeah. I don't know how I'm supposed to talk to either of them at 22 and a half hours of n- this nonsense. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And what time is Allred? Uh, half seven tomorrow morning. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Also, we've got Kelly Thompson coming up at midnight. Yeah. I'm scared right. to talk to her too. Why are you scared? Because uh, I love her and she's amazing. And I'm scared I'm just going to go, I love you, you're amazing, and then fall asleep. <laughs> Mate, you can do the first bit, just just don't do the second bit. Mm-hmm. I'll try not to. Okay. I'll try not Because I will throw water in your face, I don't care. <laughs> the, uh, the last person to throw water in the face of a Taylor member of the Taylor family uh, ended up having a table overturned uh, and, uh, and almost getting punched. That was exciting. Okay. <laughs> Is that what you say you're going to do? Well, I mean, I'm not as strong as Rich, so probably not. More likely, I'd probably cry. (laughs) Yeah, but you'd be awake. That's true. I I still don't recommend being in a fight before. Like, Um, life. Yeah, I've, yeah. At a Comic Con? No, really? Who? Well, it was was more Dave and you were diving in to protect him. That guy who, like, pulled out Dave's dread. Um, Fucking awesome. Oh, no, that was another fight. (laughs) Um... No, yeah, no, we we tried to uh, um, break up a fight at Comic Con that mm-hmm. someone else we we hadn't even started, Dave and I. And we and interestingly, everyone else just dispersed apart from Dave and I. We went to sort of try and get involved to just try and um, uh, try and sort it out. And then 
it all suddenly turned on us for some reason, even though we were trying to sort of break up. And it's, it's you know, Jimmy Aquino. Aquino? Aquino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is where we became sort of like fast friends because he was over. It was at, it was at uh, Bristol mm-hmm. and he was over at Bristol and literally everyone had, and it, I'm not, it was, everyone deserted us and it was just me and Dave and these sort of guys. And, um, I don't know, and I looked around and literally Jimmy was there just behind us, just, and literally that kind of like, I've got you back. I ain't going anywhere. And I'm a real stickler oh, for things, cool. for things like that, you know, um, so it was no words after that. We were just like firm friends, but, um, I got at, at uni, I got, uh, knocked to the ground, um, at, at a party. And I still to this day don't know why, why he punched me. I don't even know who punched me. I was just, I was just right. in this party having a drink. And next oh, minute so I was like, like punch. yeah, oh, proper. Yeah. And I was kind of like, why is yeah. this guy? And then I was on the, I was, no, I didn't go on the floor, but I was standing there thinking like, why is my jaw hurt all of a sudden? And then why are they restraining this guy? And literally like, there was about four guys holding some other guy back saying like, you need to behave yourself. Cause if he realizes what you've done, he's going to have you. And I was thinking, who are they talking about? And yeah. then I suddenly realized, oh no, they're talking about me. And that's why my jaw hurts because he's just hit me. And literally at that moment was when someone grabbed me and said, leave, and literally went, leave it, leave it be. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be leaving. Mm. Um, no. And so to this day, I have no idea where that guy hit me. Um, so yeah, that, that wasn't really a fight as such because it was yeah. a bit one sided. What I'm was the jail to your dancing? It could could be. well be. Yeah. Could be. I'm quite happy to report that I've never been in a fight. Okay. Uh, I have once had the shit kicked out of me, oh, but I wouldn't no. call it a fight oh, because so... literally I did nothing but crumple. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I mean, I was only young, like I was, a, I was still at school uh, and it was yeah. literally, a, there was a kid who used to go to our school who was proper, like should not have been allowed around other people. Like he was constantly flying off the handle, throwing shit, screaming at people, running out of school, like he was bonkers. Mm. And um, And I don't know what I'd done to upset him that day, but he just stormed out into the playground and just like grabbed me by the hair smacked me in the face and then just threw me on the ground and just kicked me until the teacher came up. I was just lying there like, ah! I, See, now I just feel bad for bringing up this subject. <laughs> no, well, well, here's a more positive fight story. I just remember that I had a fight at school. Mm. Actually, that's not true. I had, I had several fights at school. I was, <laughs> yeah. Um, but this one in particular, I remember because uh, this guy, Ezra Sprouls was his name, and um, he brought a, um, you know, you've got the sort of toilets where they've got the pool chain. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. had the, he had the chain as a kind of weapon that he brought into school, and they just bought they just bought a policy into school was like if you were caught with a, an offensive weapon, it was like instant. I don't know if it was expulsion, um, expulsion or suspension. I can't remember, but it was one of the two anyway. Anyway, and we were kind of friends, me and Ezra, and uh, he had this chain on him, and I thought this is ridiculous, man. What you did? So I took the chain off him and put it in my locker, and for the whole of like the first sort of period, he was just hassling me, I want my fucking chain back. So in the end, I said, oh, do you know what? I've had enough of this shit. I'll give you a chain back. So I gave him the chain back and he followed me into like our sort of form room classroom. He wrapped the chain around his hand and said, right, I'm going to fucking have you. So I, being me, was was reasoning with him and sort of going, look, mate, don't be silly. Don't be silly. It was almost a bit like the end of every detective film. Someone's got a gun. They're going, don't be a fool, Jimmy. Put the gun down. I'll come down the court, speak for your son. No one's been hurt yet. It was a bit like that. But what he didn't realise, that what I was trying to do was buy enough time to edge back to one of the wooden chairs that was behind me. Um, so what I did was I did, I threw the chair at him. 
Cheer hit him. He went back against the wall, dropped the chain. I went in. It was all wow. over. Wow. Barred shouting. Couple of, you know, punches wow. to the stomach. You know, so that's when they pulled. I, I, I just hit him in the stomach and that's when they pulled me off him, as I remember. Um, yeah. Right. Happy, that. happy oh, days. See, I was going to say, that, that, that was a positive fight story. <laughs> Yeah. It was positive. It, well, it, it was positive because the only, probably the one of the few fight stories that I come out on top and actually looking cool. Mm. I took out a guy with a chain. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Now, see, the thing is, I've never been in a fight in my adult life, but for some reason, some weird part of me wants to be. I know <laughs> no. it's weird. I know it's a stupid thing to think. I, I have like, a similar thing. Fights all the time when I was a kid, but it's like I need to prove something. But the thing is, I know realistically. That if I got into a fight now, all they need to do is knock my glasses off, and I would be fucking useless and dead, <laughs> <laughs> completely blind without them. Thing is, I have a really similar weird thing about um, about drugs. I've never done a drug in my life because mm-hmm. I know I would be shit at it. Like I know weed would make me par- more paranoid than I already am. Uh, I know that like I've got a heart condition, so most other drugs are going to be a fucking mistake. But part of me just thinks like, ah. Oh, you know, like what? Have, what have I experienced though? <laughs> I I did. Um, so um, Sue made some like um, hash sort of cookies, mm. or whatever. And I've never done. I've never done drugs or like weed or anything like that. My, you know, I probably smoked weed and your friends, but I just wasn't into because I I just didn't smoke as such. And um, so she made these cakes that were kind of, they were like chocolate brownie type things, you know. Mm. And she, I knew they had sort of weed in it but I had one of them and it was really tasty so there was no kind of you know it wasn't even the, the drugs it was just they were just tasty <laughs> and um and, and Sue went you know don't eat too many of these I was like oh it's alright love because we had friends coming over mm. fucking scoffed six of them <laughs> because they were tasty and then I was and Sue was like are you alright yeah I'm fine and it was oh it was like a sitcom by the time they turned up Paranoid, the paranoid liver would hit about 20. Oh no. And I was just like, and I was like, I can't see him. I can't see him. Why are they here? Why are they here? She's like, just calm down. I can't calm down. It was just, it was not good. It was not good. See, um, I don't, I don't know if my perception has been warped by all the films I used to watch when I was a kid. It's kind of like, you know, like, you'd think that, you know, um, everyone just gets knocked out after one punch and that never fucking yeah, happens. Like, no. Never. Or like, like if you like, when I was a kid, I used to think that uh, if you were exploring with all your mates in some big adventure, um, you'd find a dead body or something like that. So you'd always be on the lookout for a dead body. Or if you go on holiday with your family, um, there's always going to be a girl that you have an incredible holiday romance with or something like that. And that fucking happens. I mean, I. It's funny when I, when we tell stories on like GS, and I'm sure there's a lot of people think that we make these stories up. And I think I know these stories are true because I was there when these stupid things happened. Right. And all, all, and all that, all, all these stories do is remind me just how stupid Dave and I were as as kids and teenagers, mm-hmm. and that we and that really we should not have lived until forties. Um, is that I always remember um seeing a fight once um outside of KFC, funnily enough. Um. And it was a, to begin with, it was a wicked fight. It was a sort of fight that's really cliched, like you'd expect to see in a film where guys are trading punches and blocks and whatever. Yeah. And there was a group, of, and there was a, there was a big crowd out there watching them and like, hey, cheering it all on because it was quite an even fight. Then all of a sudden, one of the guys pulled a knife Ooh. and slashed the other guy, um, across, Ooh. like across the cheek, slashed him. And you've never heard a sound like it. Mm-hmm. And literally everyone just scattered. 
Um, and it was the most hor- one of the most horrifying things, sounds, whatever I'd ever heard. And it made me think, you know what? I, I don't want to be involved in fights, which is why I try. And I've been in a lot of tight situations. But what I found is my, my, my mouth has been able to talk me out of so many situations. Mm. It's untrue. So I always rely on that. And the, one of the things my karate teacher always said to us, well, the first thing he ever said when I started doing karate was, um, everything that I teach you is for when you can't run anymore. Yeah. The first thing you should do is run. And when your back's against the wall, that's when you start thinking about this sort of stuff. And I think, you know what? Before I even do that, I would, I would try and talk my talk my way out of it before I'd even think about anything like that. Um, and I, I, I quite happily admit I fight day. I'm the sort of guy I'd throw sand in your eyes and shit like that and go look over there and then run and all that. That's that's me, you know. Mm. Um, this this podcast turned dark. It did, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. It did. It's yeah. like after, it's gone after hours We've now. I've discovered that I'm a delightful little angel, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's all right. We'll have, we'll have a fist fight later. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to have a fist fight. It'd be we awesome. We'll tip over tables and shit like that. Ah. It'd be great. I maybe could do some, like, wrestling. I, I like a good wrestle. Well, I've already, I've already told um, Kelly Sue McCormick that I'm going to break the internet in, in two hours' time. I'll pour champagne on my ass like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so... I can hands down guarantee that that's not happening in my house. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's happening. Absolutely deal, not. Deal with it. No. <laughs> did I, no. did I ever, right, I don't want to end my interview with that dark story. <laughs> um, right, did I ever tell you guys about the swingy cruise thing? No. 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 Okay, right. I wasn't on the swingy cruise, just to get that clear. <laughs> my mum, she works yeah, at a trippy yeah. in the casino on Royal Caribbean ships. And um, like it was about two years ago, I think it was. Um, every now and then, Royal Caribbean hire out um, the entire ship to certain groups of people, like bikers or you know, like convention type things. And this time, they hired it out to four thousand swingers on one ship, on one bloody ship. <laughs> and wow. these people were allowed to walk around like next to like next to nothing around the entire ship and all that. And yeah, my mum wasn't impressed with it and all that, but she did the job. And you think you might feel sorry for the cleaners, but they don't use the Royal Caribbean cleaners. These swingers will bring along their own cleaners for everything. Um, so that's a, that's a plus. So that's okay. Um, but like I've been on the Royal Caribbean ship, like on the holiday there, and they've got like conference rooms there, and they use all these conference rooms as like big massive sex rooms, like um. And just put like big mattresses in there, whatever. And and oh, honest, honest to God, like I, I, I was fascinated by this. I ended up like looking at reviews of it online afterwards. But so I looked at, and I found like an online diary for some people who had been on there. And every night they'd have like a theme night. And on one of the nights was a superhero night. Dressed up as a superhero. And I found. Like a photo of four naked women who were there, body painted as the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh my God. <laughs> what was that? Oh my! Yeah, yeah. So yeah. See, on, that's man. an awesome, that's an awesome story to end on, mate. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh dear. Uh, so time for me to go then. Um, yeah, sadly, yeah. I could talk to you all evening. But... I know, I know. Well, I know the two deviants that you've got on after me. 
and uh, yeah. looking look and looking at their photos on Skype, that that would be the word that I would use to deviate. Yes, yeah. exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the good guys. You'll have good luck with these fellas. Yeah, they are good guys. They are indeed. Guys, All right, buddy. Yes, it's been a pleasure. Honestly, you guys are fucking fantastic. You really yeah. are for doing this. I hope you get a shitload of money. Really, do you so deserve do I. it? <laughs> You know? Yeah, so yeah, so do we. If we get to the end of the twenty-four hours and we've got like twenty quid, I'll be like, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Remember, don't be big floppy cocks. I'm going to okay. be listening for a good few hours after this anyway. Up working, so ah, uh, good oh, man, yeah. good man. Okay, have fun, guys. Anyway, thank All right, you. Take care, bye. See you later, mate. Bye. Shine.